yeah, we found ourselves in a situation where some stock just wasn't moving. And B2C was a really great way to solve that issue. It kind of streamlines any product issues that we're having, being able to talk to the customers directly. There were no trade fairs this year, so how do we get new customers? How do we sell in the new season? So we've been looking again at interactive platforms. Welcome to the e-commerce experience, the podcast that turns you into an e-commerce expert. Your host, Andrew Rogenkamp, shares his wealth of B2B and B2C business experience to take you on an e-commerce adventure. Each month, you'll hear from industry experts and meet people just like you, looking to take their business to new heights online. Welcome to Episode 7 of the E-Commerce Experience. This podcast is designed to bring you information about both B2C and B2B e-commerce. We've interviewed uh, different people and just given you insight on um, on different elements of e-commerce that uh, in these days you really need to know about. This week we're talking to Olivia Van Heerwarden and she is the Digital Manager for a company called CWM out of Melbourne and they have made the important step of not just being a wholesaler, they're traditionally a wholesaler, but also moving into that D2C, i.e. the direct-to-consumer space, essentially retailing to customers. And they've done it quite successfully uh, without upsetting their customer base. I hope you enjoy this chat. Hey, welcome today, Olivia. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Can you just tell me a little bit about CWM, your brands, and you know a bit of background about the company? Yeah, for sure. So, CWM Homewares is a homewares, glassware and cookware distributor in Australia and also in New Zealand. So, we have the exclusive marketing, sales, distribution rights for a bunch of different brands, um, international brands like Tom Dixon, Burnes Cookware, Black & Bloom, which is a sustainability brand, LSA Glassware, Rona, Casabache. Um, but one of the more exciting things is we also develop our own brands in-house. So oh, okay. we've got Degree, Symphony, and our most well-known brand would be Ecology. Yep. Um, and another cool thing the company does is we offer pri- private label services for our um, retail partners. So we develop ranges for some of our partners as well. Okay, that are exclusive to those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's their own label. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we do all the product sourcing, the beautiful painting and the artwork on the products and all that. Excellent. Nice stuff. So, I guess at heart, you're a B2B company but yeah. and you've always had a wholesale B2B site, but, you know, recently, um, you also opened some uh, B2C presidents as well, or at least a D2C yeah. presence, direct to consumer. Yeah, we did. So, yeah, as you said, traditionally we've been a B2B business and we're still very much a B2B business. That's Mm. our bread and butter. That's what we're known for. But, uh, yeah, as you said, as a company, we've been playing in the e-com space for our B2B side of the business. So we had our wholesale website set up. It was working really well. Um, And, yeah, it was a really great space. So technology-wise, going to the B2C side of things wasn't that much of a leap. We kind of already had that integration there. Yep. But yeah, like most wholesalers, we've just been kind of facing challenges with the changing retail market, with mm-hmm. stores closing and things like that. So yeah, we found ourselves in a situation where some stock just wasn't moving um, and B2C was a really great way to solve that issue. Sounds good. So I think years ago, you know, my experience was as soon as as soon as a wholesaler goes out and creates one of those B2C sites, all of the retailers are up in arms and you're competing against <laughs> us and, and things like that. What was your experience? We haven't actually received much of that at all. Um, the retailers 
actually kind of love us being on e-com. It gives them a point of reference for their own customers. So we list everything at RRP. So it means that they actually have something to reference for their own good deals and things like that. Right, okay. Yep. Yeah, so they've actually been quite supportive and they love that they're able to grab product images and product information and everything they need to help support them. So it's, it's really helped the brand and help, therefore helps your retailers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and with all the other marketing that we're doing to support the B2C site, it's kind of supporting the brand and getting, especially for ecology, getting yeah. people to know who ecology is and what we're about and what our products are. Um, and then they'll just go off to Maya or David Jones or whoever it is and buy the product there anyway. Yeah, okay. So the products on that you know, B2C or that retail site are really products that in most cases, aren't going to be stocked in that retailer. There's stuff that didn't sell, you know, last year's stock, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a lot of um, ranges that just didn't weren't popular with customers or with retailers or yep. just really aged stock that we're trying to get rid of yep. and move so that we have more room in the warehouse for all the new stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and nobody can yeah, blame you yeah. for that. You know, it's 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 part of every business's prerogative to turn that stock over and you know, you never yeah, know when exactly. you're gonna develop a product, whether it's gonna be popular or not. You might think it's gonna be popular and then for whatever reason nobody buys it. So you you've yeah, got to be able to move work. that stock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I was I was going to say that you know these these D to C sites can really support the retail channel, but it also gives you a, a a direct connection to the consumer, which you would have never had in the past. Yeah, exactly. It especially having um, you know social media to support the website as well. Mm. We've got customers talking to us and telling us, "Oh, we love this," or "We found an issue with this product," and it means it kind of streamlines any issues or any product issues that we're having, being able to talk to the customers directly. But yeah, as I said, it just allows us to control that brand image as well and really make sure that who Ecology is, Mm. is being represented out in the market. Okay, so it allows you to control that narrative around the brand. And and does it allow then... Like um, if if I bought something in a you know or in a Myers or a David Jones, can I then get on the Ecology website and talk to you guys directly about you know an issue I had with that product? Yeah, absolutely. We always have customers coming to us um, through our customer service portal, yeah. just asking us questions about products, um, saying, "Oh, I saw this in David Jones. I can't find it now. What is it called?" Yep. Or you and know, you can even like direct that. them to um, stores that do have that product based on who you know you've sold it to in a wholesale environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we usually direct them to some of the majors because we know that they're kind of stocking most of the stuff, um, yep. but we try our best to accommodate for where the customer is and what their, their local store sure, is as well. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm always banging on about the difference between B2B and B2C. And, you know, as you said before, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a great leap to go from B2B to B2C, but I always talk about that in B2B you have a buyer and B2C you have a shopper. And, and they behave yes. very differently. I'm interested to get your sort of take on how you, you know, you're dealing with B2B people and you're dealing with B2C customers, how those two beasts are quite different for you and the same, you know. Yeah, I think um, in terms of what the retailers are buying for B2B, that's definitely based on buyers and what they're seeing in trend books mm. um, and things like that, whereas obviously the consumer is seeing 
either what they see in magazines or on social media or on Pinterest or whatever's inspiring them and their own personal style. So definitely what we sell into a retailer can differ so greatly to a consumer. And that's why the Ecology website's been so great for us to push those those things that aren't moving to retailers because there's going to be some consumer out there that loves that print or loves that yeah. colour that just didn't work well in retail land. It's a bit like when you're yeah. driving down the road and you see a car that's a colour that you just go, who would buy oh, that yeah. car that Who would colour? buy it? Yeah, but some people <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, and yeah. there's always a customer out there. Yeah, that's right, yeah. There must also be differences in the way, you know, the, the level of interaction between a B2C customer and a B2B customer you know, in terms of how they deal with your business? Yeah, definitely. We've got, um, we have sales reps um, with us. So they're kind of dealing with their major, um, their major retail customers. And yeah, and as I said before, with private label, there's a, a big relationship there that our sales reps have had to build with those buyers at our at the retailers yeah whereas yeah the the kind of queries we get from end consumers are obviously very different to the questions that we get um through b2b B2B channel yeah what about things like freight and packing and and things like that yeah i think that's definitely been one of our biggest challenges when opening the b2c site as we're traditionally a b2b wholesaler Mm. all our stock that we're getting in is packed in a way to ship to retailers so So we'll have six mugs packed nicely in a box mm. and it's not going to break yep. so we've faced this challenge of how do we ship just one mug to a customer without it breaking yeah. through transit and, and then i guess the challenge is you've then got five left in a box which you can no longer sell to a retailer yeah yeah, yeah exactly what do we do with that so um and it's also just picking single orders was taking so long so again how do we combat that issue yep. instead of picking one mug here and one plate there we're now kind of consolidating all our pick slips for b2c and picking it Kind of like we would pick a retailer and then okay. packing it uh, Pretending like all of those customers are one retailer and, and picking yeah, them so in one Yeah, so then we hit. get the addition of maybe there are six mugs, so then we, you know, for the day, so we can pull those particular yeah, okay. six ones Makes up sense. instead Rather of going back to that aisle. Back to that yeah. same, oh, I picked this mug five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess there's some of the things, you know, for people listening to this podcast that think that, you know, oh, we can just sell B2C direct. There are a lot of logistical things that you need yeah. to think of, um, and the cost of the cost of sale. You know, we often bang on about the cost of sale in selling yeah. those products. Um, you know, there might even be postcodes, for instance, that you don't want to ship to. Yeah, exactly. We were finding that just shipping one mug to a rural suburb was at a loss to us. Yeah. It was not profitable whatsoever, even when we were charging for freight. Um, and they're the kind of challenges. Yeah, even when you're taking that full margin too. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, and then you face, well, we could charge some more freight, but who's going to pay three times as much freight than yeah. the cost of a product? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. So... I guess without giving anything away confidentially, what what, are, what do you see the future for your two sites? I think we really want to delve more into technology for both sites. Yep. So we've been looking at things like clickable catalogs, um, you know, taking really beautiful photography, turning that into a catalog, um, something that the customer can browse through um, and they get more of an understanding of how that product can fit into a home yep. and kind of personalise it. Yep. Um, but still be tech savvy where they can click in the catalogue and add it to cart. Right. So that would be for B2C and B2B. Mm. For B2B, I think, um, and this is, I guess, a response to COVID and just, you know, everything that's brought about is 
there were no trade fairs this year. So how do we get new customers? How Mm. do we sell in the new season? Mm. So we've been looking again at interactive platforms to showcase our product and one of those being like a virtual clickable showroom um, or a a virtual trade fair. Mm. So definitely, um, and look, maybe next year we don't need it, but we do think it's obviously always great to advance as much as possible and give both our retail customers and our end consumers the best experience on both sides. It's interesting you talk about that trade fair. I know, you know, being in the IT industry, there's a whole lot of – you know, um, things that we would have gone to this year, these these um, conferences mm. and stuff like that, that obviously just didn't yeah. happen. And they all got run virtually. Most of them, you know, Retail Global did some stuff and um, Microsoft did a big one recently with all the partners, which would have been, you know, yeah. go to Melbourne, stay in a hotel for four days. And, and almost the way they have done these was a better experience for us because you could really only – you really only had to attend the – the, the ones that you wanted to attend. And often yeah, at those things, yeah. you would find that, oh, I need to attend only three today. And God, they're all on at the same time. So I'm going to be stuck yeah. doing nothing, you know, sitting in a, you know, uncomfortable chair, just responding to emails for the rest of the day. Whereas you could just go and yeah. go to the one you wanted to, and then you can get the recordings of the other one. And I sort of question whether some of those big conferences will ever come back after COVID. Yeah, I definitely think it's changed things going forward. We've mm. all had to kind of be agile and change what we're used to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's definitely shaped a whole different future for yeah. kind of every industry. For everything, yeah. I yeah. don't think there's anybody that's not affected. So, speaking of yeah. COVID, what's what's COVID been like for your business? Yeah, COVID's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I think at the beginning, obviously, everyone shut down. So, e-commerce was great, but then all the retailers shut down. Yeah. So, the B2B side of the business was affected, but luckily, the B2C side of the business was going great. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, as I said, e-com just saw such a spike in volume of orders. It's definitely something that we weren't prepared for. But, you know, I spoke to being agile and the agile nature with CWM meant that we could easily deliver that. Um, But we also saw that we've got a lot of online retail partners. So, obviously, um, their orders were increased as well. So, it was managing those that became priority for Mm. so long. Mm. But I think one negative impact for us was... Uh, and I think most Aussie-wide wholesalers are experiencing this, is stock delays because of border closures and obviously things being produced overseas and having to fly in. Mm. We're planning for launch a range, but it's being pushed back a couple of weeks because containers are being cancelled and this and that. So um, I think that's been a negative one in trying to get a season launch on a particular day. Yeah, I remember speaking to uh, a customer very early in the piece when all the rush was on, you know, with food and stuff like that. And he he sells rice and he had a call from um, uh, one of the buying managers of one of the, you know, one of the big two supermarket chains. He normally sells a supermarket chain, I think a pallet of rice a month. And they said, we, yeah. they said, how much have you got? And he said, 100 pallets. They said, we'll take it all. And oh, uh, God, yeah. yeah. And he said, you'd think that would be good. But his problem now is he can't supply rice to anybody else. And it, yeah, the supply and demand just you know, all skewed. To, to give yeah. that all to one customer actually caused him reputational damage to hundreds of other customers that he would normally be. And yeah. he couldn't get that stock then for four months. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've got to be careful to not see those massive big, you know, I'll take everything you've got. 
sometimes they're they're worse than you know spreading it out amongst all of your customers and being a bit fairer. Yeah, we know that, you know customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um that's something that we're definitely experiencing at the moment on our B two C website is. We had such traffic and such volume of orders, so much product was being shipped out, but we weren't getting product in mm. from um, our suppliers. So yeah. now we've kind of got a lot of out of stocks at the moment and yeah, not okay. much variety on the website yeah. because of this supply and demand. So, so you're also selling through marketplaces? Yeah, we are. So we're on five marketplaces at the moment um, and we it's just been a really great opportunity for us, again, to get rid of that old stock from mm. especially other brands, um, stock that is aged, brands that aren't that popular anymore or just product that isn't that popular anymore. And as I said, there's always going to be a consumer out there yeah. that wants it. Mm. And we found Marketplace has kind of been the perfect avenue to get rid of that product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously you're integrating all that back to your ERP it's just all magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all comes through the same channel. It all goes through the um, to the warehouse the same way, so yeah. the warehouse doesn't see it any differently. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's all seamless. It's been really yeah. great. And I think that's really important, you know. And that's another thing I often bang on about is integration. Is that if if yeah. you don't think integration to your ERP is important, then you're setting yourself up for failure because the bigger you grow, the bigger problem you're going to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think having everything in the one ERP for whether it's the rep portal for our sales reps, the B2B site, the B2C site or marketplace, everything gets managed kind of in the one ERP and it's really easy. There's You don't really leave that much room for silly mistakes mm. because it's all coming to the one product in the one ERP. Yeah, okay. Sounds great. Yeah. Thanks, Olivia, for joining us today. It's It's been quite an insight into um, what you're doing down there in Melbourne. You know, we hope you get out of your um, – Lockdown very soon. You must be yeah, uh, pretty bubble. much over it. Yeah, your bubble. So, um, yeah. you know, we're up here in Queensland and enjoying the sun. And um, but, I know. We're all very jealous of the rest <laughs> of Australia. But um, <laughs> I've known you for a couple of years now. And what you've done in that business has really transformed the position they're in now. And I, I think really without those B2C sites and the drive you've put behind it, it'd be a different situation. So, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks again, Olivia. We'll speak soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat. Olivia certainly does give a lot of insight on how to do that D2C step without alienating your true wholesale customer base and, you know, do it with grace and and really have a good, successful result uh, from their initiatives. We'll see you next time on The E-Commerce Experience. Thanks for joining us today on the e-commerce experience. If you found today's episode valuable, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming shows.